Good morning. I just realized when I walked in this morning that this is the children's musical program at the 11 o'clock service. So either y'all didn't know about it <laughs> or you're going to come to this service because those schools still go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next Sunday is the Festival of Lessons and Carols at the 11 o'clock service. All right. If you have a... Is there an angel tree back here? Yes. All right. The angel tree... I have a note that says, Angel tree needs help. Okay. So that must mean that there's a name still on the angel tree. And since they d distribute those gifts, I think, like within maybe two weeks, it would probably be really helpful if you haven't picked up an angel tree name that maybe you might want to be part of that ministry. So there is an angel tree back there with a name and, I think, information. Also... There are sign-up sheets. Where where are they at? On back to door, the table to door. Okay, thanks, Jeff. They there are sign-up sheets for for our setup, refreshments, and stuff for next year. And we have got to start getting that lined up. Next year is going to be here right before we know it. And so we need some help. Uh, please uh, see. Uh, Let's see, Jeff Austin or Cindy Davis, okay, and see if you can't uh, help, help them do something. There's lots of different ways you can help uh, make sure this service happens because without the volunteers, the service would not happen, okay? Did I leave anything out? Let's see. Prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand. All right, we, we will light our Advent wreath. I think the Crane family is going to do that. They'll come up and, and do that, and then we'll begin our worship together. So John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ the way. May the word sent from God through the prophets lead us to the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Will you stand and sing with us?
your heads and pray with us. Gracious God, we are so thankful for King Jesus and the way you sent him as a perfect, innocent, helpless child to come to the earth for our salvation. Lord, during this Advent season, help us to keep focused on you, that you are the real reason for our celebration, that in everything that goes on with the decorations and the shopping and the cooking, that we remember the real reason that we come together to celebrate Christmas. Focus our hearts and our minds now as we worship you this Sunday. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. If you will turn and greet your neighbor and children, come forward for the children's sermon.
Good morning. I have some questions for you this morning. I want to know how much you know. Okay, Natalie, you can't peek. I want to know how much you know about sheep. Sheep have a fluffy coat of fleece that covers their body. What is it called? Close. You said it, Ryan. What'd you say? Wool. Yeah. Okay. Next. Sheep live in a group with other sheep. What do you call a group of sheep? Flop. Y'all are good. What do you call... Yeah, you're right. What do you call a baby or a very young sheep? Yeah. A lamb. A lamb. Good job. Next. What do sheep eat? Grass. Yes. And last, what do you call a person who takes care of a flock of sheep? Yeah, y'all are good. So you know quite a lot about sheep, actually. Well, here are some things that you may or may not know about sheep. Sheep are pretty much helpless and can't find their own food or water. They often wander from, from their flock and may become lost. Sheep have no means of protecting themselves, and they will run when they are threatened by another animal. So as you can see, the sheep need someone to care for them constantly. So that's where the shepherd comes in. The shepherd is very important in the care and protection of his sheep. There are actually many times in the Bible that we are referred to as God's sheep. The children of God are called his sheep. So that's a pretty good thought, isn't it? Because what does that mean? If we're God's sheep and he's our shepherd, then what is he doing? That's right. He's always protecting us, looking out for us, watching out for us. That's right. So, is God providing us? Um, yes, even God got us to look down from the sky. You're right, he does. So, we may not be in a pasture like the sheep, but wherever we are, God is watching out for us and protecting us. He's giving us food. He's helping us from being lost or hurt or afraid. The prophet Isaiah tells us how God loves and protects his children. There's a verse that says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. So the shepherd always knows and wants what's best for his sheep, and that's what God does for us. He leads them into green pastures where they have plenty to eat. He leads them to water so that they have plenty to drink. And he leads them to shelter where they'll be safe from danger. So just as the prophet Isaiah said, the Lord is our shepherd. He provides us with all that we need. And when we stray, he brings us back. When we're in danger, he protects us from harm. And when we fall down, he picks us up. So I have a picture to help you remember this lesson of us being the, shep the sheep in his arms. You see the shepherd? Who was the shepherd in this picture? Jesus. That's right. And who can we pretend that the sheep or the lamb is? Us. Yeah. And it has the verse. Hold on just a second. We're going to say a prayer together before you leave. It has the verse from Isaiah on the bottom to help you remember what we talked about this morning. So after I give everybody their page, we're going to say a prayer together. And then I'll let you go back to your seats. Sammy, do you want a page? 
Okay. We all repeat our prayer after me this morning? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the shepherd and we are your sheep. We thank you for your love and care for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. sing Jesus Loves Me after the children's sermons. We do it in both services. I've done it at every church I've served. Because I, when I was going through seminary, there was a fellow there who was going through seminary with me who was he, was, he had retired and then he was going to seminary. And uh, he said, someone asked him one day if he could uh, explain theology in a short, you know, few words. And he said, theology was explained to me every Sunday where I attended as a child because they sung Jesus Loves Me to me. And so as far as I'm concerned, Jesus Loves Me is the best theology that you could ever have. I thought that was a great way of saying that. All right, let's bow our heads for some prayer. In your mercy, O oh Lord, hear our prayers. Oh God, this Advent season, we're reminded that you lead and preserve us as a shepherd cares for the sheep. And in the fullness of time, you sent us a Savior. And we join in with the angels in heaven this day, singing glory to your wonderful name for all you have done for us. But we must confess that we have been uh, like lost sheep. We've often wandered away from our past. We get caught up in who will get credit for what is done and forget we are called to be faithful co-workers for your glory. For all our many sins and unfaithfulness, we pray, O oh Lord, that your abundant mercy would forgive us and that your face would once more shine towards us and would remind us of the great story of salvation as we go through the Advent season. This yearly remembrance fills our hearts with your greatness and we pray that your Holy Spirit will fill our spirits this day. We know that uh, there are many this day who seem to be suffering in different ways in body, mind, and spirit. And we pray that you'd visit your mercy upon all those in distress and give them comfort. And we pray especially for Robert and the death of his mother. We pray for Miss Patterson, who is diagnosed with cancer. We pray for those struggling in their Christian walk. We pray, O oh Lord, that the Holy Spirit would fill them with peace and love. We know this day, O oh Lord, that you hear us 
And we know that you know what is best for us. Help us to accept your good and perfect will in the answer of these prayers. For we pray in the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when, Jesus, when, when Joseph woke up from his dream, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we are always in awe when we read this about the, the, the stories of, of you and the stories of how you came into the world. And we are so grateful this Advent season to be able to be here and to be in worship with you. We pray that you'd help us to see the greater gifts this season, the gifts of hope and love. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, I know y'all probably don't believe this, but I had, I had put together a series, a sermon series, and I've been doing that lately. And last Sunday, I wasn't here to preach it. And um, a person who filled in preached his own sermon, and I appreciate him being doing that. So uh, one of the things I was going to say last week, which I wasn't here to say, is that when we get ready to do something, usually there's steps to that. Like we wake up, for example, and then once we wake up, we usually clean up. At least that's most of us clean up. Most of us take a bath and shave when we wake up and get ready to go somewhere. And then we dress up usually. We usually dress up. And, if, and this is really the same sort of things that we should do during the Advent season. We should wake up from the sleep we've been in, we should clean up our act, and we should dress up and await for the future role of Christ and the future rule of Christ. And so I want you to see today that once we've done those things, 
there's still one more thing you've got to do. Because if you just wake up, clean up, and dress up, but then you just sit there at home, you will not be going to the party, will you? You've got to go to the party. You've got to go somewhere. You've got to show up if you expect to receive God's gift. And that's what's important uh, for us to remember today is that our hope and our love comes from God. And it can be enjoyed here and now, but we've got to show up to get it. Just like you have to show up on Christmas Day if you expect to open a gift. You've got to show up. You know, this time of year, most of us run from here and there and to and fro, frantically trying to search uh, and trying to answer one of the world's most important questions. Not about the meaning of life or what the purpose of life is, but how can I possibly buy for people who have most everything? Isn't that it? Isn't that really what's on your mind? Sure it is. Let's face it, in the typical American home, there's little, if anything, that anyone needs when it comes to material gifts. But there is a great scarcity, a scarcity, I believe, in many homes of the gifts of hope and love and compassion and forgiveness. And there's not a family life today who would not benefit from unwrapping gifts, uh, gifts of forgiveness or hope or love. And this is very scriptural. Uh, Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains leave their place and the hills be shaken, my love shall never leave you, says the Lord. You see, we have this great gift from the Lord. And it's given to us to share with others. Uh, God's love is found in the birth of Jesus Christ. The fulfillment of hundreds of prophecies, just, just like the, the prophecy the angel gave to Joseph there, there in that dream. But all these things you cannot receive if you don't show up. You've got to show up to receive them and to benefit from them. Uh, if not, you don't even know about them. How do you even know about that this is going to happen or what's going to happen for you? It's kind of like if, some, if somebody gave you a surprise party and you didn't show up. It's how would you even know that there was going to be a party? How would you even know it was all meant for you if you didn't show up? So you have to show up, in my opinion, spiritually, if you want God to, to deliver you, to nurture you, to give you wisdom, give you hope. And so Advent, in my mind, is so much more than just a time to prepare, you know, for the big Christmas meal or the gifts or the decorations or all these kind of things. Sure, those are important. Those are part of our, our memories and our traditions. But it's really more about a time to prepare ourselves for this spiritual gift, to be reminded once more of this gift that God gives us in the birth of Jesus Christ into the world. It's important, it, it, to me, this Advent is a time to remember that God does fulfill His promises. God promised us a Savior. At Advent and Christmas, remember that He kept His promise. God promised uh, to send us uh, a new life, resurrected life. And God promised this to us with, in Jesus when Jesus said He would rise again. At Easter, we remember that He kept His promise. God has promised that we wouldn't be left alone, that we would not be by ourselves, that His very own Spirit 
would be with us and around us and in us. And at Pentecost, that promise came through true. And that's when we remember that promise. It's important for us to remember these promises that God has made to us through the years and that have been fulfilled and the promise to come, the promise that Jesus will return. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my favorite verses in the, in the Bible. Most, I bet some of you know it by heart. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That is God's promise for each one of us. And knowing that God is faithful to His promises should renew our hope at Advent. Instead of us being disparaging or despaired about things, we should have renewed hope at Advent. And we will if we focus on these things. So, so focus on God's faithfulness. And when you do that, it takes away the attention from self. It allows you to focus uh, on God. It allows you to focus on others. And it helps you as, as you go through this season so it doesn't, isn't so frantic. It isn't so frantic. I had uh, some several suggestions for you about that last Sunday. I'm so sorry that I had a medical issue and was not able to be here with you last week. But I want you to know that there's not a personal life. There's not a church. There is not a society. There's not a people anywhere on this planet that does not need wholeness. And wholeness can only be received as a gift. A gift from God. That which is fragmented can only find the source and answer for wholeness in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source of all hope and love and compassion, wisdom, forgiveness, wholeness. Jesus is the answer. The reason for the season is a slogan, but it's the truth. It truly is. Now, now this means even more in our time. It means even more for us to be faithful to the promises of God. It's very important for us to be faithful to the promises. We are the witnesses of God's promises. We are the ones who can shine forth to others in the world about God's promises. So there's some things that you can do. To be a celebrant, you first need to lift your vision beyond the earthly things. You need to lift your vision beyond yourself and re realize that you're part of a much larger event. It's, it's your part of God's overall plan to redeem the world from the grip of evil. Think about that. You, you are, are part of that plan. Second thing I think we need to understand is that this love God has for you and me is not exclusive. No one is excluded from God's love by God. The only ones that are excluded are those who choose not to accept this gracious gift. So if we extend the gift and they receive it, God's love comes to them too. If we don't, if we hold it to ourselves or we prevent it from being sent out to others, then we're not doing the work of God because we're doing the work of the devil. You need to remember that it's not so much what you think you should get. It's what you will get. 
And what you will get from God as a partner with Him and His promises is so much more than anything you could get uh, here on this earth. You know, um, at Christmas, and I know this is hard, it's very hard with kids. I had kids, I got grandkids now, and I understand this, but it's important for you to help them see that they might not get from under the tree what they thought they wanted, but they will get what they need. And it's the same with us as Christians. We might not get what we think we want, but God will give us a greater gift. And in our faith, our faith, this gift, can never be taken away. Okay, third, the more the people around you know of the love of Christ, the more there'll be joy. And that's the truth. That's the truth. The more joyous you are, and the more you show the love of God, and the more you're humble and contrite in spirit, the more you allow things to roll off your back. Because I know you're all going to go to family get-togethers, and it's going to be at least one person there who doesn't know the love of God. And they're going to, they're going to be like the Grinch that stole Christmas. They're going to try their best. But you exhibit God's love, and the, more, and the party will be a whole lot more fun. Now, there's some practical things you can do. You can do at least one thing that involves the exchanging of a spiritual gift. For example, go, go attend a, a Christmas play. Rent a Christmas movie and watch it together. Share the reading of the Christmas story before you open gifts. Talk about what Christmas has meant to you through the years as a way of sharing with those others with you. If you want to, give a gift to a charity or to the church. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, but just the act of kindness is so important. The other night we had our district uh, minister's Christmas thing here in here in the Family Life Center. And... Uh, Paige and some of the youth actually came and helped and served us and stuff, and we appreciate that very much that they did. But the district superintendent had a card on the table for everybody, and inside the card it simply said, a gift has been given to Epworth Children's Home in your name. Now, you know, I have been to district meetings, uh, parties, Christmas parties for many years, and most of the time what you'll have is the... Is, and, is some they will go buy some little ornament, okay? And you say, well, I've got we got all these little ornaments. But that gift Thursday night meant more to Brent and I than any all these ornaments we've received through the years from district uh, superintendents. It just meant a lot. And he said, and I sat at his table, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, if I had thought about it fast enough, soon enough, we'd had communion. He said, next, son, next Christmas party, we're going to have communion. And I thought, that is wonderful. That is the kind of spiritual leadership that we need. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Do something that is, is a spiritual gift for others. Attend a Christmas service. Attend a Christmas Eve communion service. Let me tell you about a, a little uh, a young lady. Uh, when I served in uh, Aldersgate in Rock Hill, this young lady was part of our youth group. And she was a senior in high school. And the first year I was there, she came up to me and she said, 
she says, what time is communion for Christmas Eve? And I told her. She said, okay, I'm just trying to get it straight because... She says, I'll, I like to go to Christmas Eve services. I said, okay. She says, yeah. She says, you want to come? And I said, what are you talking about? She, goes, she went to like four services, okay, on Christmas Eve. They meant so much to her. So she, she ended up with a midnight mass at the local Catholic church. She's a Methodist. But she wanted to experience Christmas Eve as long as she could in so many different ways. Be extra polite. And I know that's hard to do. <laughs> Take a moment to drop a thank you note to someone. Find ways to share the hope of Christ's love with someone you don't know. Okay? Someone you don't know. Surprise a stranger. Maybe with a box of chocolate-covered cherries. You know, chocolate-covered cherries are still one of the most... Remember, I used to be in the, in the retail business. Chocolate-covered cherries are still the most, one of the most inexpensive gifts you can buy. And they bring, you, I have yet to see, when I've given a box of cherries to somebody, that it did not bring a huge smile on their face. I'll never forget we, when uh, Brenda used to work in a bank... And she's, there was a guy that'd come along, come around every Christmas, and he had a Santa Claus hat on, and he would come into the bank and hand out chocolate-covered boxes, chocolate-covered cherries. He didn't just do that bank; he went to every bank up and down the street, and everybody called him Santa Claus. And he bought them chocolate-covered cherries. The chocolate-covered cherries back in those days cost about 80, 79 cents a box. Okay, wasn't very expensive, but the thing was, it was an act of random kindness to a stranger. All right, and it meant so much to those people working in the bank. All right, finally, remember this: the Word of God holds power to heal and to restore your dreams. Now, I know that might sound strange, but each of us knows, at least subconsciously, the healing or destroying power of the spoken word, don't we? When someone says, I love you, or someone says, I hate you, we're not just receiving information. These words do something to us. They make our blood move. They make our hearts beat. They make our breathing speed up. They make us feel and think differently. Words have a power to heal or destroy. And the truth we must claim is that God's Word is one of love to us. Indeed, Zephaniah 3 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in His love. The thing we must never forget as Christian people is that God is a lover who wants to be loved and, he's a, he, and God calls us His beloved. God calls us His beloved. And He gives us a life here on this place in this dimension and time to say yes. He gives us a lifetime to figure out ways to say yes to this one who calls us His beloved. And so today, more than ever, we need to receive God's gift. We need to let go of those things which, we're, which are fake and worthless and receive the most treasured gift that the Heavenly Father can give us. And if we are to really move our lives into a right relationship, we must show up and receive the hope. This Advent, revive your commitment to say yes to God daily. 
For after all, God answered all our questions. Many years ago, God answered with His Son, Jesus Christ. Let us answer with our love. Amen. Amen. All right, let us stand uh, and affirm our faith as we join our voices together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated and let those who are taking up our offering come forward. Christmas morn. 
chill and manger seen by candle glow inclines us to goodwill a blaze in wonder and in awe as every heart adores but brighter still the light that falls on gladsome Christmas morn and o'er the child a guiding star Like heart, his guardian love shall be. Oh, then rejoice, good Christian men, nor be of heart forlorn. For unto you in Bethlehem the Son of God is born. December's darkness brings again. Christmas morn. Will you stand and sing with us?
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen. Great week.